Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. As Ruler Issue 101 continues to sell like hotcakes, cover star Ashanae's Reed joins us to talk through her career and what happened when she stopped. And speaking of hotcakes, fellow chef Henrik Orr says we should all be raising our bike food game. This is Ruler Conversations, brought to you by Lacquer, bicycle insurance powered by the community. Rouleur's women-focused issue 101 is already the fastest selling in the magazine's history and continues to spark debate and discussion, some of it around the cover photo featuring former BMX and track star Sinead Reed. In an interview with executive editor Ian Cleverly, Sinead talks frankly about the highs and lows of her career and what came after, beginning with the high-risk high adrenaline days of BMX. Yeah, BMX is uh, quite a courageous sport in terms of it's quite a, a lottery kind of sport, if you will. It's kind of like unpredictable. People kind of say BMX racing is like wacky car racing. Like as soon as that gate drops, it's madness for, you know, for 40, 42 seconds of the lap. Beijing was kind of a guess for me. I've been racing for many years up to that point, but it was the first time that the non-cycling community had sat, kind of witnessed who I was. And yeah, kind of impacted with a big with a big bang, so to speak, and crashed out in the last turn. Did you get any stick from people after that? As like, you know, yeah. what's she doing, amateur? The public was very like like perceived BMX very well, and like I, I guess a lot of people, like Sir Chris Hoy himself, kind of said, you know, I put my mortgage on it that you were going to win. And for me, that was I learned a lot about myself at that Olympics, and I guess it kind of taught me a a hard lesson and humbled me very quickly that there's no guarantees in life with anything that you do. All you can control is giving 100% and, you know, the, the result will take care of itself. And unfortunately, the Olympics didn't go to, to plan for me. But the year before that did go to plan, you were world champion in the team sprint with Dickie Pendleton. When was the first time you got on a track bike? When I got into track cycling, it was funny because I got into track cycling I say by accident, but it was to further my BMX like like success. I wanted to be able to train in the winter. We didn't have an indoor facility. And I knew that in 2007, the Olympics was a year away. So I wanted to get the most kind of experience and started kind of asking people, you know, what's the Olympics like? And then I was like, you know what, this winter, I'm going to kind of commit a little bit of time on the track so I can kind of get all my training in. Told me of a new event and within getting on the bike to the World Championships, which was like six weeks, I won the world title. And um, with Victoria Pendleton in a team sprint. And and for me, it's just like a bike's a bike. Like everyone's like, oh, wow. Like, you know, one of the first people to win BMX World Championship and the Track World Championship in the same year. 
But for me, it's just essentially riding the bike. You ride it fast regardless if it's on a, a wooden track or a BMX track. So yeah, that was my taste of track cycling. And did you define track cycling as enjoyable or just, just a different kind of... I think the track cycling for me when I was younger was, oh, like in 2007, I was only like 17, 18. I found it quite boring. And the reason why I say that is because I was quite an extreme or like I like to have like some adrenaline, I like to feel alive. And my sport BMX offered me all of that and more. So then when I did track cycling that I found was like a stripped down version of just for me, essentially it was just pedaling a bike. It didn't offer me what BMX offered me, jumping 40 foot jumps, being in the hustle and bustle of things. But I ended up being relatively good at track cycling. And if I'm good at something and competitive at something, then I kind of enjoy it. So then that kind of led me to want to do more of it. Well, I'm guessing you've never actually broken any bones on the track, whereas um, how many bones have you broken doing BMX? Yeah, track cycling was a little bit kinder to my body, I think. In BMX, I'd, I'd broken a bone and, and left to right every single limb in my body, like even in my back and my neck. And yeah, I've broken many, many bones in the sport of BMX. And that was a good thing about track cycling. It was kind of like, yeah, it wrapped me up in cotton wool a little bit more. Now, you retired at an early age and you struggled, uh, like a lot of athletes do when they, when they make that conversion. How, how dark was it? It was hard, like the transition and I heard of it, you know, when I was an athlete myself and people were coming to the end of retirement. But I don't know, I just kind of was never ever thinking about life after sport. And then when it came round and it came round forcefully in a way, because I kind of got forced to retire, I didn't retire off my, out of my own will because it was injuries. I was just like completely lost. My identity had been stripped away that I'd kind of, you know, for 20 years of my life, I was Sinead Reed, the BMX rider. And then all of a sudden, Monday morning came, I was just Sinead Reed. And I was like, who is Sinead Reed? And what do I do? And what do I offer society? And the transition was, was hard, like the hardest thing I've ever been through. Harder than losses in, in racing, because you know you lose a race, but there's always another one there. When you retire, you're done, that's it, that's life, that's your life, your career finished. So for me, like, it just went down a dark path quite quickly. You know, I thought my best friend was a bottle, um, trying to find the answers in the bottle of, you know, vodka or whatever it was. And it was just like, it was, yeah, it was stripping me even more of my identity and, and I had to get real with myself and, and get the help that I needed. And how long did it take you to, to reach that conclusion and, and who helped you get back on track? It was, yeah, like I said, it was the darkest time. Like I, I was suicidal. I didn't want to be here. It wasn't lightly that I speak of, of, you know, mental health issues and say, you know, oh, I know what it's like to be a bit down and a bit depressed. I know what it's like to be at the rock bottom. And when you're at the rock bottom, this, this, well, it can, you're in your rock bottom, you can either go one or two ways. You can climb yourself straight out the top of it, or you can go deeper and darker. And that can, you know, lead on to, to other unpleasant places. And for me, I had a great, I was with my partner at the time and she identified I needed help. And I was like, no, it's just circumstance. I'm only drinking because, you know, I'm, I'm a bit depressed. I've just retired. But the more, as t more time went on and the length of time I was drinking and, and the more I was becoming isolated and not, you know, I wasn't, I was, wasn't becoming, I wasn't a good person. I just become really in my shell. She said, it's kind of, a, it's about either you go to AA and get help or you be, well, basically the relationship's done and you can, I can't sit there and watch you destroy your life anymore. You've gone from being at the success that you're at to this like person I don't recognize. So I was like, right, okay. So I said, I'll go to AA, I'll get you off my back. I'll show everyone I'm not an alcoholic. 
I just like a drink. And, and I, so I threw the towel in, like what I was going quite a bit, heard what I needed to hear, identified with what I needed to identify with. And I was like, yeah, I am an alcoholic. And I can say now, like I say that, and it's probably one of the best things to have happened to me in terms of the transition of not knowing who I was, trying to find it in a bottle of alcohol, then landing myself in AA because 12 step program, we follow in, in the principles of our, our program. It changed my life. It, I, you know, it was an inside job. Alcohol was just a result of what was going on in the head. But when I stopped drinking and started working on myself, um, and not working on myself for vanity reasons and looking good, but actually fully working from the inside out, my life just got better and better. And yeah, I mean, like the life that I live now is rich. And when I say it's rich, it's rich with happiness. It's rich with joy. I've got freedom. I can do anything and be anything that I want to be. I just can't pick up alcohol. And if that's the only thing I can't do, I'm sound with that. Like I've been happy with that from the day I got my freedom back. So yeah, that's kind of essentially what happened to me after retirement. And I get the feeling you're, you're a right back on top of your game in, in, in so many respects in your life, but B, you're, you kind of want to help others that are suffering, you know, similar kind of yeah. feelings. I'm in a place where I never, th I thought happiness was winning bike races and, you know, and everyone going, oh, amazing, good on you, you're world champion and all that. That's superficial to me. That was a, my career was a part of my life. It wasn't my life. And I didn't, I got them two things very blurred. Like I just thought that was me. Um, but the life that I live now and how happy I am now, like it's just, I never believed I could be so content and at peace within my own body and my own head. And like the biggest driving force for me now is, you know, it's, it's, it's to have obviously enough money in the bank to pay the bills, but it's to help others. Like essentially my life is about helping others. Like if that's with mental health or that's with fitness or with anything, like for me, I just think life's hard enough and essentially life's about helping others and helping others grow to be better human beings. And if we could all just be that little bit kinder, it's cliche, you know, the things are going around on Instagram and social media all be that little bit kinder, but it's so true. Like just, I remember being in the, in the dark depths of where I was at and just someone smiling at me and asking how my day was, that just was like, wow, that person's just asked how I am. Like, and for me now, I, I generally go out the door each morning and I, I make a conscious effort just to say, oh, you know, I'll speak to anyone. Like at, at the velodrome when I rate, when I was at, on the track program, I was friends with the cleaners, the dinner ladies. It didn't matter who they were to me. Like a person's a person and deserves that time. So I think it just, all of what happened and the transition from an athlete into, into the normal world, AA kind of just brought all that together and, and allowed me to have the freedom and, and I guess the, the sense and direction of who I am and what I like. Sinead's read and check out Ruler Issue 101 for her full interview. You're listening to Ruler Conversations, brought to you by LACA, bicycle insurance powered by the community. LACA's collective cover is made especially for cyclists for life on and off your bike. They've transformed traditional insurance to provide customers with a fairer, collective-driven approach to cycle insurance. Say goodbye to fixed upfront premiums. Instead, your monthly contributions are based on the collective's claims that month. Your maximum monthly price is capped, but the savings are all yours. And they have some big news. LACA will be running its first ever crowdfunding campaign and offering equity for the pack. Cyclists have helped LACA bring a much better model of insurance to the masses. That's why they want to invite you to join the ride. They're pleased to be able to give Ruler listeners the opportunity to own a part of LACA. You can invest in the future of LACA from as little as £10 and become a huge part of their collective.
To register and to find out more about Lacquer's crowdfunding campaign, head to lacquer.co. This announcement is approved by Cedars. Your money is at risk when investing. Ruler 101 is selling as fast as it can be reprinted, but you can get your copy by visiting ruler.cc. Even better, take out a subscription while you're there. Now then. Here's an infomercial message for the discerning folk of Rulerland. For the finest long-form cycling journalism and exquisite photography and design, why don't you simply subscribe to Ruler magazine? It costs as little as £7 per month. Regular columnists include Orla Shenwi, Roma Badet and me, Ned Bolting, accompanied by features from the best writers and photographers in the business. Simply go to ruler.cc. You know it makes sense. Well, among the many things that cyclists obsess over, food comes pretty high up the list. What you should eat, how often, when, and there's a growth industry in cycling-specific cookbooks with tips on what to take with you on the ride and what to cook at home before or after a big day in the saddle. Henrik Orr knows what he's talking about, former Team Sky chef, author of three bike-based cookbooks, about to open the VeloChef Clubhouse in Oslo, and was due to be leading a ruler cook-along on Instagram last week uh, until COVID intervened. Henrik, how are you now? Fine, thank you. Um, yeah, what can we do these days? All of a sudden, uh, the COVID came and took took us, but uh, luckily we we only got the mild version of it and uh, we should be over and uh, done and dusted within, within a couple of days, actually. So the idea was that you were going to go on Instagram Live and uh, ruler readers... Um, could uh, join in and cook along with you if they had the right ingredients, which they were told about. So what were you planning on cooking with us? We're going to start with a simple pasta dish, a lovely pasta dish with goat cheese. So basically what we're going to do together is we're going to uh, go through this list of ingredients and make sure everyone has what we have planned out to do. And then together, nice and slowly, we're going to cook this nice little pasta, which is basically... It's a sauce and a, and, and a pasta, which is, and then everything is just cooked together. And then for whatever, uh, if it's possible to eat it as it is, it's lovely to eat it as it is, or you can add um, free of choice protein. So we're going to start pretty simple. And once hopefully we get going uh, every month, we can just raise the bar a little bit. And hopefully at the end of the year, we can see people's. Um, uh, kitchen uh, potential has improved a lot, hopefully, fingers crossed. When people think of endurance athletes' diets, they do think of pasta, you know, the night before a marathon, night before a big sportive, you still get um, pasta parties. But that, that's actually quite an old-fashioned approach now, isn't it? It is, definitely, but carbohydrate is still what a lot of cyclists and, and uh, is considered as the main fuel, uh, what they would... Uh, load up uh, on on the days before, but it's the also the importance if you can make it a little bit exciting. I thought that that was a big part of my job at Team Sky. How could I improve uh, the flavors, the taste, the combination, so everything just wasn't white rice and pasta, plain pasta only with 
a piece of dried chicken, you know? But yeah, the old pros still talk, don't they, about the horrors of hotel food on the Tour de France or the Giro with kind of overcooked vegetables and soggy pasta. But things, things really have moved on now, haven't they? No, I think all teams uh, are very focused on, on their diet and, and actually are doing a huge effort for the riders to really give them um, something to look forward to every night. That's, that was at least what we try to do uh, at Sky to, to raise the level of, uh, of excitement uh, for the riders because they know that they have to come in to dinner every night and before they come to dinner, they have had this uh, meal in their bus, like uh, the, their post-race meal. So they're not really hungry uh, when they're coming for dinner, but they have to. They fuel for a reason because they're burning and they need to be prepared for the day after. So it's very important. You eat a lot with your eye that we, that the chefs have prepared it uh, perfectly. Uh, it looks delicious and it also, it tastes good, just gives them a higher value to come to that dinner. And uh, I remember Ian Boswell said something really n nice when he rode his first ever Grand Tour in 2015, I think. And he was basically on his knees uh, riding his uh, Welta for the first time. And he said, basically, what's keeping me going now is I'm looking forward to the dinners every night. Now, Ian Cleverly, executive editor of Ruler, you've uh, had an advanced go at Henrik's pasta, haven't you? How did yours turn out? It's been great, to be honest. I mean, uh, bearing in mind my, my son and my wife were eating it and they are absolutely my harshest critics. And it both got a, got a big thumbs up from both of them. So um, top stuff. And it, I mean, it wasn't it's not the most difficult dish in the world, you know. I'm, I'm no expert, but I, I, you know, yeah. I'm around the kitchen, and it's not yeah. the most difficult dish in the world. And, that, uh, and that's the whole purpose of it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I love that. I love that expression you used, Henrik, just now. You eat a lot with your eye, and that is yeah. exactly it. Is just like I can imagine, you know, being well. I can, I can imagine being being a Grand Tour rider from a, from a from a hunger point of view, not from a riding point of view. But I can imagine walking into into, into the the dining room. And seeing that and thinking, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll have a plate full of that, no problem. We did a run through with the the ruler staff, half a dozen of us, and it was a good little little test run. And what I will say for when you all join us for our next one, I'll tell you about that in a second, is get your pan of water on straight away. Because <laughs> <laughs> you will get caught out 10 minutes in. When Henrik goes, so now you pop your pasta in the boiling water and everybody goes, ah! <laughs> <laughs> but apart, apart from that, we learned, we learned a lot. It was a lot. It was a very good, uh, very good run through. So, yeah, the plan is we're going to do the next one on Friday the 26th. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, sign up to the Ruler newsletter and um, there'll be one coming your way telling you all about it. Um, but it's great fun, great fun. And you get a good meal at the end of it. Um, I'll, I'll be joining Henrik live. I'm basically the sommelier, right? It's yeah. Like, it's a tough job, but mm. someone's got to do it. So I'm, I'm basically in the corner watching with my glass of red and uh, any wine requests. You can, you can yeah. ask on the evening. Uh, what and, you're, yeah, and also uh, everyone's watching uh, is allowed to, to shoot out questions and Ian will read them out to me and I will try to answer them as good as, uh, as, good as I can. What we also learned from the run through was to take a little break every now and then. And then anybody that's a little bit behind can catch up with their prep in and we can field a few questions and uh, 
should be good. I don't know what it's like in um, uh, Norway or, or, or Sweden, Henrik, but in Britain, generally, cyclist diets um, involve uh, stopping at a cafe somewhere for a big piece of cake on the um, ride or, even worse, raiding the local petrol station for a can of Coke and some sandwiches. But you say we can do better, don't you? Uh, of course, but uh, it sounds very familiar to what we have here as well. But I'm pretty sure if we if we plan before we leave out uh, for longer rides and put a little bit of effort into to what you bring with you, I'm sure you can you can raise the level uh, of, of what you can uh, actually eat when you're out riding. I'm I'm a big fan of that, and it doesn't need to take too much time, and it will probably come out much cheaper than uh, robbing uh, gas stations for buns and chocolate or whatever you, you may need when you bonker on your way to on your way uh, on your way home maybe because your book um outside is free focuses very much on sort of gravel riding and and bike packing um and again camping tends to just mean heating up a tin of beans or something but um you, the, the the recipes in your book are um uh, are very different yeah well that was a bit of my ambition and goal when when I said in to do that book, it's basically divided into two main chapters. So it's basically on bike and uh, base camp. Uh, in the base camp requires a bit more equipment and probably what you can do is a lot more than when you're on bike. But still, the things on bike needed to be more than only for example, just pool, uh, pouring hot boiling water over something in a bag, which is, has been freeze-dried, and you just basically leave it for two minutes and you have a meal. So that was the challenge, how you could push that, those boundaries um, and just try to, with simple methods, just make that much uh, into a higher experience than, than, than eating from a, from a bag of freeze-dried food. And the VeloChef Clubhouse in Oslo, COVID permitting, uh, you're hoping to open that soon? So yeah, that's been an ongoing project now since uh, last summer we decided, uh, me and my uh, friend Aaron, that we wanted to give this um, a shot. So um, yeah, we are basically now in the final little uh agreements uh, to find our, our location and hopefully if everything goes as planned now we're going to open that in march and that is basically uh, for us it's a dream come true it's uh, it's our own cafe restaurant place in oslo uh, where we fully open to uh, serve the oslo community the cycling community uh, and really looking forward to that and 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 also to fill that house with uh, just great food and beverage and and hopefully uh good uh, something happening all the time okay we're well, looking forward to friday the 26th very much hoping to uh, join in with uh, your cooking session ian before that this evening that is the 18th of february um there's something else to look forward to on the uh, ruler instagram yes indeed so like, i hope you'll um listen to this in time um we are doing our second swift live ride you can ride along with us on swift um, and you can join us on instagram live at the same time um, our special guest this week is the one and only matt stevens um, and we'll just be 
Uh, we'll just be shooting the breeze, really. Like, you know, Matt's a good mate and uh, he's got loads of stories and we've got loads of stories and a lot of shared history between us. It just makes the hour fly by, hopefully. Uh, well, it certainly did for me last week. So we had Rebecca, uh, lovely Rebecca Chartman last week, and it was great fun. Um, so Matt's our, Matt's our man in the, in, the, in the Zwift studio this week. So should be fun. Sign up for that one this evening. Basically, we're doing two, two rides uh, a week, Thursday evening and Sunday morning. But Miles, bless him, set the Sunday morning ride for 8.40 in the morning. So like there's, I, t- I told him there's no way I'm getting up that early. To run a bike, sorry. Uh, so I don't do that one. In the meantime, issue 101 has been flying out to subscribers, hasn't it? Um, it's been insane. It's been insane. The sales, we're now on our third print run. Um, it's the fastest selling issue ever. Will probably be our biggest selling issue ever uh, before long, which is amazing and humbling. And I think we have captured a whole new audience. And now we have to make sure that we hang on to them and deliver on our promise to to just in, just invite everyone in you know you know just just like if you're on a bike you're welcome thanks ian and thanks henrik and uh, hopefully uh, catch up with you on the 26th that's it from this ruler conversations uh, there'll be a long reads along next week until then take care Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.